Um, I remember when I came uh, in August to, to, to see if you guys were crazy enough to um, want me. Um, uh, I, I remember we had a Saturday night kind of meet and greet, and, and people uh, asked questions of me and, and uh, even asked a question of Emily, which, which, which she was thrilled about, by the way. Um, and uh, no, it's fine. And uh, we, we answered some questions. And one of the questions that I got was uh, kind of this idea of, well, what's your speak, speaking style or, or what do you like to do as far as things go? And one of the things that I mentioned was, um, you know, or, or what my plans were. And I mentioned, you know, obviously I usually will do a series. Um, I feel like God will speak to me through those things. Um, and uh, so we'll do a lot of series. I also said that we could do something that I like to call standalone messages, which are not necessarily in a a, um, a series, and I was planning on having this great standalone message. I knew where God, uh, where I thought God wanted me to go with it, and uh, it was a little bit about Father's and Father's Day, and I thought, oh, this will be perfect because obviously this is Father's Day, and um, I, Easton was uh, not feeling well last Thursday, so I stayed home with him because he had a 102 temperature, and he wasn't doing well, and as I came in on Friday, and I was kind of out of the loop, and I came in Friday with the idea um, that I was going to write this message and knew where I was going, opened up my um, computer, and in that moment, God said, everything is going to change, and um, because the last thing I talked about was not only would I do series, not only would I do what I like to call standalone messages, but I would always be open to whatever God is asking or saying. And I opened up my computer and saw some headlines and immediately felt like God spoke to me and said, this is what you are to share on the 17th. God doesn't do that very often to me. I believe that God speaks in ways, but when he basically says, this is it, I listen. So we're going to be talking about things today that may be difficult for some of us. Um, but I feel like we need to talk about these things because we are the church, and if we don't talk about them from a biblical perspective, who will? And so today, um, because I opened up the computer and I saw some individuals that had taken their own life, we're going to be talking about suicide because it's a big part of what our culture is right now because it destroys and because I believe with all my heart that God has something better. We do have a video that I'd like to show uh, and then we'll go on from there. So Fred, when you're ready, if you want to play the video.
Obviously, in our world today, we're seeing more and more of this situation. Obviously, anytime we see people that uh, people know, whether it be Kate uh, Spade or, um, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Anthony, what? Bourdain. Thank you. Um, it gets put into the forefront. Um, there's plenty of statistics that we could look at, one of which definitely combines when, when we begin to see uh, celebrities begin to commit suicide, the suicide rate in other people begin to rise. Um, I did find some stats I want to share with you because I don't think we really understand, unfortunately, what a problem this is. And they're going to be up there on the, uh, on the screen. Um, first one is, is uh, uh, and this came out um, just recently. And uh, basically, so some of these, uh, this study was done from 1999 to 2016. Um, but nearly 45,000 people lost their lives to suicide in 2016 alone. It is the leading cause of death in the United States. Suicide rates went up more than 30% in more than half the state since 1999. In Colorado alone, it went up by 34.1%. This is what we are dealing with in this community. Okay? So... It is rising. It, it was funny. Every state in this study, every state went up except one, and it was Nevada. Every state had an had a increase, some of which were closer to 46% as far as the rise. The next, 54%. This is important we understand this. Uh, people who died by suicide did not have a known medical health condition. We, we, a lot of times we'll, we'll say, oh, they were sick. They, they had this issue. And sometimes, yes, that is so true. But in this study, they found that 54% didn't. They did not have those issues. I was talking to my mom about this this week, and I kind of shared to my mom and dad what I was going to be sharing, and their eyes got a little big and like, okay, um, you know, if you need a place to live after this week, come let me know. Um, and, and my mom was sharing about in some of the schools back in Kansas City that every year they have five to six kids that will take their own lives. And I know that that's the case here as well. They looked, and they looked at some factors of people that committed suicide. And uh, this is really what they came up with. Now, they found this data out um, from mental, uh, on mental health conditions and other factors from the coroners and medical examiners and the law enforcement reports. But this is what they found. 42% took their own lives because they had relationship problems. 42% because they had relationship problems. Number two, 29% because they had a crisis in the past or the upcoming two weeks. Two weeks. Number three, problematic substance, substance abuse, 28%. Obviously, that can be a big part of it. Number four, physical health problems, 22%. Number five, job financial problems, 16%. 9% is criminal legal problems. And finally, 4% is loss of housing. And 
I, I don't know about you, but as I look at these things, I am getting a completely new picture of the type of individuals that are hurting themselves. It, it is not... I remember thinking before this, you know, it was, it was the drug addict. It was the mentally unstable person. According to this, it isn't. According to this, it's people like us that have lost hope, that have lost the desire to continue. And it's something that we as the church need to talk about and look at. I do not have a title for this message. But if I did title it, I'd call it, It's Time to Talk About Suicide. It's time. We have let this lie dormant for too long. And our culture and our world and our churches are suffering because we won't deal with the hard issues. This is where people are. We've talked about getting muddy and getting dirty. This is getting muddy and getting dirty. If you want to stay clean, that's fine. But just to be honest with you, you're not going to be very much like Jesus. Jesus got in the muck and he got in the mire with people that were hurting. And we're going to look at that. And we're going to talk about it. But I love this verse, and I think it's important that we look at it in Psalms, the 34th chapter. Verse number 17, it says this. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God is with us, God loves us, and God has a plan for us. But as I looked at putting this together... I tried to figure out what was the best way to, to talk about this, what was the best way to deal with these issues. And um, we're going to look in Scripture here in a little bit, but right now we just want to talk and share some stories. Um, John, I appreciate you being here. Um, I know what you're going to be sharing is not going to be easy. And I appreciate your desire to let God use you. Um, John has experienced some of these things very, very close. And um, I'm just going to kind of turn the mic over to him right now and uh, kind of let him share his, one of his stories. All right. Well, good morning again. Um, I, I, um, this, is, this is the one thing that stuck with me, and, and I'll tell you who said it after I say it. It says, all it takes is a beautiful, smake, a beautiful fake smile to hide an injured soul, and they will never notice how broken you really are. That came from Robin Williams, who also took his own life. And so I'm, I'm going to share with you a few things about me. I'll, I'll kind of let you in the, the door of John, which it's, it's not a uh, normal thing. So um, a lot of this stuff is very closed off to me for very, very specific reasons, because it's a lot of hurt. Um, and for some strange reason, um, suicide has uh, plagued my life. Like I've had it come in and out of my life so often, even to the fact that when I moved here, um, my boss or my, my business guy, my, one of my best friends in the entire world, I had to unwrap him from one of my presses in my shop because he was almost dead. Um, and that was right before I came out here. It was a good, good reason to come out here. Um, but I'll rewind this all the way back to um, specifically my mom. Um, 
Now, my mom, uh, hopefully one day, will be coming to visit me if she likes me that much. Um, and, uh, and you'll get to see her, and she's a really cool lady, and she's, God's done some amazing things in her life and, and healed her. But um, I'll make this story short. Um, when I was maybe 11, 12, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's vaguely, you know, up there. So um, there was a lot of money issues in my family. Um, as you can see by the statistics, there's a lot of... Um, it kind of blew my mind looking at the statistics either too, because you think money is one of those things that will destroy you and take you to that, that core. But, um, it's interesting that relationships will do that. And we'll, I'll get to that in a minute as well. Um, there was a lot of issues with money in my, in my family. My mom was, uh, doing some things with money that were just absolutely crazy behind my dad's back, whatever. Uh, one day we got a knock at the door. Um, it was a sheriff. And I was like, why is there a sheriff at my house, you know? And uh, he said, I'm here to evict you from your land. Well, I had no idea what was going on. So uh, I'm like, you know, you see a cop and, uh, and where, where I grew up, you see a cop, you run, uh, you know? And so I, I take off to the back room and I try to find my mom and I'm wondering, you know, why the cop is here saying we need to get, we need to get going. Like we need to be off the land. Um, I go into the bathroom and my mom is standing in front of the sink and without even blinking, and this is, this is how fast it happens, my mom stuck a gun to her head and pulled the trigger. And I, this, is, this is the crazy part. This, this, this will blow your mind. You, you, if you want to walk out of here not knowing uh, Jesus is real, this will, this will show you exactly how real he is. I watched the bullet come out of that gun, and I watched it turn sideways and lock the gun. I took the gun. I took off running. Don't do that. And I ran into the living room where there was a bunch of cops. I got a gun pulled out on me because I had a gun in my hand, which I didn't realize because I was pretty much scared just because of what was happening. Um, that's the story of my mom. My mom's alive. Thank God she's alive. I love her to death. Um, she um, went through a lot. And um, here's the deal. My mom's not sick. My mom's not doesn't have any mental issues. My mom is very sane. She got taken to the edge of, of something that she was going to call it quits. And um, we have, and I have, I have a lot more stories. I have one of my cousins, and this is, is, I'll keep this one really short. My cousin shot herself in the head as well. And you want to see something, you want to see how far people can get from God is, is I remember seeing her, and, and, and this is tough to, to talk about, but I remember seeing her in her casket and, and it, one, it didn't look like her. They did everything in black. And I tell you, this is, this is about as far as you can get from God sometimes. And, and here is the, the crazy part about all this. Um, I, and, and Aaron, I'm sure Aaron will talk about, we had a youth kid as well that we had to... I unfortunately had to go to his funeral too. Um, and so, uh, here's what, here's what I want to convey to you. And this is, I know you're all thinking, man, you, these two dudes are nuts. And just speaking about this on, on, um, Father's Day. Here's what I want to make sure that you know. I, I know most of you look at me and go, man, that dude's just a mean looking dude. He's a big, big man. I tell you something and you'll, you'll soon realize this. I'm a broken man. And, and here's the deal. I may look strong, but I am more emotional than you probably would ever know. 
in all of this, all of these situations, the only reason I know how to get through them is because I know and I've seen where people have walked. I have I have a best friend, Ezra, and uh, Ezra is. <laughs> I'm hoping he comes to visit me too because you guys will like him. He's a, he's a good dude. Um, Ezra worked in my shop. He was one of uh, the employees there, and um, me and Ezra have a, a weird relationship. Ezra has a lot of problems. He was very molested when he was a kid. He is um, amongst many other things that we don't even need to talk about. One of the things, though, that me and Ezra have, though, is that when he's in trouble, he calls me. And I don't care that he's in Albuquerque and that I'm in Denver. I think the other night he called me, and, I, and they were looking for houses. I had to step out of the house because then I spent almost, I think it was two hours on the phone with him, talking him down. And um, what I want you guys to know is this. You, you, this may not be an issue for you. Um, but I will tell you this, everybody has thought of it and you are not big enough to pull yourself out of that hole. You are not, don't even try. You, you can't, you can't do it. Um, and, um, that's why me and me and Ezra and, and I, I wish you guys knew how strong and you'll notice about me is when I get a bond with you and when you become my friend, I'll do anything for you. I always say this to everybody, and this is the kind of the weird thing about it is, and I don't mean anything by it, but I just mean it by the meaning is I will take a baseball bat to somebody's head for you. That's how much I'm loyal to you. But what that means is, is that when Ezra calls me, everything stops. Everything drops. Nothing matters more than me looking at him or talking to him on the phone. I, I was at Walmart last night. Before I came over here, I'd actually buy me some shirts. But I went to Walmart, and... There's Ezra again. I went through all of Walmart talking to Ezra. He was having a bad night. Um, but one of the things that, that, more than anything that I want, I want to convey to you guys is, that, is this, is that talk about it. I don't care what it is. You ain't going to make me scared. You ain't going to make Aaron scared. You ain't going to make anybody scared. Whatever it is, talk about it. Talk to each other about it. I, it's the weirdest thing in the church that they don't want to talk about things like this. It, no, you know, you know, it's it's scary. It's life stinks sometimes, guys. It stinks. It can turn you upside down, and you don't have no idea what you're gonna do. And this is what has taken. I mean, you look at some of the most, uh, the biggest musicians, in, and and that's where I come from. So that's my world. Like. Some of the best musicians in the entire world. I was watching a documentary on it. It's called 27. That have all killed themselves at 27 years old. This is, this, is super, this is something that's super, super wrong. And this is something that we have to talk about. And here's the deal. Whether you like it or not, we have to get into each other's lives. And we have to invade each other's lives like that. Because here's the deal is you matter. I don't, I don't care if you don't like me. That's okay. You still matter to me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, and so, um, those are just some tidbits of the stories, um, of, of the, there's, there's more. Um, I, we were going to, I wanted to show you a video of my friend Levi, whose his dad was a missionary and he killed himself. Um, I let Aaron watch the story. He's a super good friend of mine. Um, if you, if you got some time and, and you like poetry or whatever, go look up Levi the poet. Um, he'll, he'll tell a story, um, about his dad that was a missionary that, couldn't deal with it anymore and, and took his life as well. Um, so uh, 
that's that's the stories of uh, some of the stories of my life and what I've known about it um, and and how it's affected me. I know some of you have already dealt with it and know about it, and so um, you're the people that we need though that 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 know how to deal with it, how to be there for people, um, and so yeah, that's 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 a little bit of it. So yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, youth kid. My my first. My first funeral mm-hmm. was a young man named Walker, and uh, he had, hadn't been coming to the youth group very long. He was friends with um, one of the kids that came regularly, and, and you know, a name like Walker, you kind of sticks with you, and I, uh, I got a phone call, and uh, it was his mom, and uh, she said, Walker... Walker hung himself from the ceiling fan in his own room. No note, no explanation, just gone. You know, one of the things I think that we we talk a lot about in the church and ought to because this is important is forgiveness and grace and mercy because that's what God has extended to us. And that's a big part of this. The, The problem of many with suicide is it's, and this may seem very simple, but it's so final. It's over. We can't go back. And because of the finality of it, obviously it's something that we need to look at. And uh, I remember um, being at Walker's funeral and trying to figure out what do you say? 13-year-old kid, gone. What do you say? And I said at that point, and I had just, I hadn't been in Albuquerque very long. I just remember thinking to myself and praying and saying, Father, if you can just help me through this, I promise I'll do whatever I can to have to never do this again. And so if you're uncomfortable today, I'm sorry. But I'm keeping a promise. Because I don't ever want to have to do that again. In Scripture, we, we see some, some interesting stories. And um, as I was preparing this, I, I thought I would go a different direction. And God once again began to, to move me a different story. And so today we're actually going to talk about Jonah. The story that we learned as a child, the story that we learned... Um, most people know this story, whether they know much about God or the Bible, they know about Jonah. They know about the man who got swallowed by the fish. And, um, and we're going to look at this story because I think there's some things here that, that we may have missed because of our familiarity with it, because it's a story that we've always heard, and because it's a story that, quite honestly, we know how it ends. It's sometimes easy to forget where Jonah was, what was going through his head, and kind of following. And so um, we're going to start, and again, most of us know this story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I, I just picked some, some sections here that we're going to talk about. But obviously, God has spoken to Jonah, asked him to go and speak at Nineveh, and Jonah runs the other way. He gets on a ship to Tarshish and begins to run from God. And we're going to pick up the story then basically in verse um, number 10, because a storm hits, 
the, the boat is beginning to, to have a major uh, problem. It's going to capsize. It's going to be a problem. So the sailors begin to, f- to, 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 to flip out. And basically, we pick up the story in verse number 10, and it says this. It says, the sailors were terrified when they heard this because basically um, Jonah has told them who he is. And he says, for he already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop this, this storm? And I want to stop right there, and we'll continue on with verse number 12 in just a minute. And I want to kind of give us a little background here. Obviously, Jonah has, has, has disobeyed God, and now a storm is hit. A problem has come. And our lives are full of problems. Jesus said that. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might. He didn't say you, you possibly could. He said you will. And that's a promise just as good as, as God's love and God's grace. Jesus promised we'd have issues and we'd have troubles. And Jonah is in the midst of one right now. He's in the midst of a storm. He's in the midst of, of, of a problem that has, that has ravaged not only his life, but is the life of other people. Can you imagine what must have been going through Jonah's head? He said, not only have I disobeyed God, but now I've put the rest of these people in problems. And I've put the rest of these people in peril because of the choices that I have made. And so in verse 12, we see what Jonah's response is to the storm. Jonah says this in verse number 12. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. What has Jonah just done? Now again, we know the story. We know the fish. Jonah doesn't. What is Jonah's response to the storm? Kill me. Suicide. That'll make the storm stop. Now, I don't know about you. I never heard that in Sunday school. I never heard that with a flannel board. But when you look at the text and you see what Jonah is saying and you look at the context of the story, this is exactly what Jonah is doing. He's saying, the storm is too great. I have put people in danger. It's all my fault. You ever had those feelings? You had a storm hit that just seemed to be so great that the entire world that you're around, it just, it just affects everything. Now remember who Jonah is. Jonah is a prophet of God. Jonah has heard God's voice on multiple times and been right. He's used his prophetic gift to make a difference to kings. And now God has spoken to him and his first response of a godly man who made a mistake is, kill me. That'll make the storm stop. I think one of the things that I learned as I was looking at this is, is, and this may sound weird, but it's like this can be an issue for anyone. It can be an issue in the church. It can be an issue in the pulpit. It can be an issue every time there's a person present. Please hear me when I say this. You are not above this. This man knew God's voice, and a storm hit, and his response, make it all stop. Make it all stop. So we jump down to verse number 15. It says, then the sailors picked Jonah up, threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. Verse number 17. Now the Lord, I like verse 17. 
Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Listen and hear me. God has a plan for you. And his plan does not include you taking your own life or hurting yourself. You see, even though Jonah was in a bad place, even though Jonah was in a place that basically he said, I'm done, it's over, I'm through, God had arranged. Jonah's not special in this, guys. God has arranged for all of us. God has made a way for all of us. We have a hope that is greater than anything Jonah could have ever had. Yeah, Jonah had a fish. We have Jesus. I will take Jesus. He is greater than any storm, any problem, any situation. The hope we have in him is great. Why do we find our world taking their own life? Because we have done a poor job as the church of expressing the hope of Jesus. And now listen, I'm not talking about let's start screaming at him and yelling at him, but living a life with neighbors that we love and care for. I have a quick question for you as John was talking about this, because you need to answer this question. Who is your Ezra? You say, I'm not dealing with this. That's awesome. That's amazing. I am so thrilled to hear that. Who is your Ezra? Because God has placed people in your life that are hurting and that are dying. That God desires for you to make a difference. But God arranges for a great fish to swallow Jonah. For three days and three nights, he is confined. He's trapped. It's smelly. It's horrible. I can't even imagine what he must have experienced. It wasn't a pleasant moment. You see, sometimes we think that we're just going to pray to God and God's going to clap his hands and, and it's like, you know, God is our genie and we're going to rub the bottle and we're going to say, make it all go away and make it all perfect. God doesn't do that most of the time. A lot of times God says, I'm going to have to put you in the belly of a fish for a couple days and it's going to be hard. But look at Jonah's response. Verse number two. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wind and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O oh Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. And my life, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who, have false, those who worship false gods turn their back on all of God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. If you're dealing with this issue right now, if you are hurting yourself in any way, shape, or form, 
If you're wearing long sleeves this morning, because not because it's a little nicer out, but because you are hiding the scars from the razor blade cuts. God has a plan and He loves you. And if you will remember the Lord, if you will reach out to Him, He will reach out to you. He will snatch you from the jaws of death. He will make a difference in your life. But He will not force it upon you. He will give you that choice and that opportunity. If you're there, you are not here by accident. God messed up my plans for you. Because He loves you so much. Suicide is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And He's here. And He loves you. And if you need to talk, we're here. We want to pray with you. We want to talk with you. We want to be there for you. You can never have too many Ezra's. Because there's plenty of Ezra's walking around. But maybe, maybe you're okay right now. And if that's the case, that is awesome. That is amazing. And I'm so glad. But I want to give you some ideas or some things to do to be aware of those around you. Because God has placed people strategically in your life for a reason and a purpose. To make a difference. And so just some couple things very quickly that you can do to help those that maybe are in your family or in your, your workplace or in your school um, that God is, has placed you there to be there for them. First of all, ask. Talk to them, okay? Talk to them. Be a part of their lives. Ask them how they're doing. And here's the deal. Listen, if they give you a generic answer, be a jerk and say, no, really, how are you doing? Yeah. And how do you do that? You're part of their lives. You've invested in them. It's not a surface relationship. I mean, it does not surprise me at all because God does this. I'm not this smart. But how, how we are here today talking about these issues when the majority of what we've talked about for the whole part of this year has been reaching out to those around us. You realize that there's a purpose in that. And that purpose is so that you can look at those people and say, no, 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 how are you really doing? Next, if they're in that issue, keep them safe. Be a part of their lives. Keep them safe. If they have things in their home that could hurt them, get those things out of there. Be proactive. This isn't a, you get a second chance sometimes. Sometimes you do. Hallelujah. Sometimes you don't. Keep them safe. Next, be there for them. When that phone call comes at 3 in the morning, listen, I, I, I like to sleep more than anybody probably in this room. But sleep isn't worth not being there. Be there. Be a part of their lives. Next, follow up with them. Don't just, don't just say, I'm here for you now, and then just let it go. Continue to be a part of their lives. Follow up. Hey, listen, we talked about this last week. How you doing? What's going on right now in your life? You're dealing with this issue. What is God doing inside of you? How is God helping you? How can I be a better friend? How can I be a better family member or help? Next, help them connect with someone who can help. 
Listen, you need to understand this. Hear my heart on this. Because I told the board this when they brought me out. I am not a trained counselor. Okay? I can pray with you. I will be there with you. I will cry with you. I I will dance with you. I will do whatever you need to do. But listen, I took a couple classes in counseling in school. That's it. Some of these issues... Yes, God can come and miraculously touch and heal, and that is awesome when he does so. But sometimes God uses others to be his instrument. And sometimes we have this thought, where do I go? What do I do? It took me five minutes to jump online and find three certified counselors that deal with these issues and other issues that are on this piece of paper. Now, you say, I'm not dealing with this. I don't care. I have instructed the ushers to be very forceful with you and make sure you take one of these home. Why? Because you may not need it, but someone else may. Now, it is your job and your responsibility to vet these people, to look at them, to interview them, to see if they work with you. Five minutes. Sometimes people need to be able to talk with people to help them through this. It is not mitigating God. It is not making him less. God uses people all the time. And if God chooses to use others to make a difference in your life or in the life of somebody you love, take this home. Put it on your refrigerator if you need to. Because I am a firm believer that sometimes we need counseling. Sometimes we need to talk it out. Sometimes God will use that and we've got to understand that. So the ushers will be at the back doors as you leave to take one of these. By taking one, you're not saying you're dealing with this right now. It's saying that you may know someone that is or you may at some point in your life. Someone may need some help. And here's some people that you can connect them with that may be able to help them. And then finally, live your life in a way that shows the love of God. If the ushers, the ushers, the music team wants to come up, worship team, we're going to close. Don't just tell them about God's love. Show them God's love. Don't just be that person that says God loves them. You love them. You be there for them. God has placed you in places strategically. What that means is quite simple. That's not an accident. God has prepared you. God has done this. Listen, listen. God has put John here to share some of his stories with us so that it could make a difference. That wasn't an accident. That wasn't God just saying, well, look what just happened. Wow, great. These are things that we need to deal with. Listen, I am tired of turning on things or hearing stories about you and people that you love that are gone now because the storm was too great. I know this isn't easy to talk about. I guarantee you, unless God spoke to you before, nobody walked in this morning and is like, well, we're going to be talking about suicide. Nobody does that. But just so you know, just for future reference, just so you aren't surprised the next time that we do something like this, 
we're going to deal with the hard stuff, folks, because that's where people are. I am so tired of playing patty cake with the things of God. Because people are hurting and they're dying. Because we're too busy doing other things that don't matter. And I believe in you all. I believe in the calling that God has on your life. The ministry that he's called you to do. And I believe that there are going to be people that you're going to do, with God's help, something amazing inside of them. You're going to be there. Listen, I don't know if he would agree with me, but I believe this with all my heart. Ezra would not still be on this planet if it wasn't for that man. Does that make him special? No, it makes him obedient. To share God's love with those that need it. And maybe you're dealing with it right now. Maybe, maybe the job is just too hard. Maybe the kids are just too much. Maybe the relationship is just too strained. The storm is raging and it's beating on your boat. And your response is, I just want the storm to stop. You know, John made a comment. And he said, everybody's thought about it. Can I just be transparent? Because that's just who I am. I've thought about it too. I said, God, I'm just so tired. God, I just want it to stop. God, I just don't want to do this anymore. And as Jonah did in that dark place, I remembered God. And God reached down and he put his arms around me. He said, no, 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 no. I've got you. I have a plan for you, and my plan is good. Yes, there's moments of difficulty. Yes, there's moments of storms. Yes, it's hard sometimes. Yeah, you might have to stay in the belly of a fish for three days. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be smelly. But God has a plan. God has a purpose. And we don't always understand it. And that frustrates me as the type of guy I am. I always want to understand. But God never promised you you understand. God never said, listen, in my word, you're going to always understand all that I do. In fact, he said the opposite. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. And the thing is, when we take our life, when we do those things, basically we've said to God, God, your plan isn't good enough for me. God, your plan isn't right for me. We're basically looking at God and saying, I don't care what you have. I choose this. And God wants to bring healing in you. And God wants to bring restoration in you. And you know what? It's going to probably take some time. And you're going to need to talk to people and you need to share your heart. One of our culture things, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to have issues. It's okay to have problems. And yeah, I get it. It's Father's Day. And I'm not here to ruin your Father's Day. I'm here to say that this is what God said and this is what we're going to do. Even if it's Father's Day. Because I know 
that in some ways, the reason I chose not to do that, the reason I chose not to go down that path was because, number one, my heavenly Father. But number two, because of my earthly father and my earthly grandfather and the men that God placed in my heart to say, no, Aaron, God has a plan. So in some ways, what a perfect Father's Day message. Even if you're not a dad or a guy, you can make a difference. So I know we've, I've kept you, and I, I, I'm sorry. I don't like to do that, but it just, this is too important, guys. And the worship team's going to come, and they're going to lead us in a song about God wanting to break every chain. And so if you are dealing with this, we are here. If you're not comfortable talking to me, find somebody in this church that you feel comfortable with or somebody that's not in this church that you feel comfortable with to share. But don't suffer in silence anymore. Take this form that you're going to get. Get some help. Talk to people. Let God reveal himself to you. Because I don't care who you are or what you're going through. God's plan for you does not include taking yourself out. So we're going to pray. And God, John's going to lead us in this closing song. Can we all stand? And we're going to pray together. Father, right now we love you and we thank you. Father, right now, God, if there are those who are hurting themselves or thinking about hurting themselves or thinking about a way out. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would come and you would invade them. That, Father, your arms would wrap around them so tangibly that, Father, they can almost feel, physically feel you. You are here. You have provided a way out in some ways. Right now, this is their fish. It is waiting to swallow them up. Not because you're mad or angry, but because you want them to be in that fish for a while so that you can, they can experience you, so that you can change their heart. Father, lead them to someone, whether it's me or someone else. Whoever you got for them, Father, I pray that you would illuminate that to them. Father, that they would get the help that they need. And they would understand that you have a great plan for them. A great plan. And Father, for those that aren't dealing with this right now, Father, I pray right now that you would show us our Ezra's. That, Father, that we would be willing to get down in the dirt and get down in the hurt and get down in the mud and say, you know what? This matters too much. I've been clean for too long. It's time to get some dirt on me and get busy working for the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to be there. I'm going to ask. I'm going to bug. I'm going to do what needs to be done. And in those moments, you're going to be used by God. In those moments, chains are going to literally be broken and fall off. But God, we have to choose to be used by you. So Father, right now, we choose you. We choose your plan. We choose your heart. We choose to be used by you as a vessel to be poured out in any way, any shape, any form. Use us, Father. Because this has gone on long enough. And it's time for us to make a stand. And it's time to say enough is enough. Because God has a plan for every person. 
for every individual, for every situation. And that plan is good and of Him. And so we desire to be used like that, by like that in your way. Father, we love you. We thank you.